Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor, and this show is all about the writing process from creation to publication. And here is where you find the stories behind the stories. And today is no exception because my guest has some great stories to share with you. She is a PhD candidate in the folklore department at Memorial University of Newfoundland. She's a writer of fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. And she's also the creator of the folklore and fiction newsletter and podcast. She lives in Bedeck, Nova Scotia, and is one of five talented authors of folklore, fantasy, and drama across Canada who were invited to reimagine a classic folktale and set it in a contemporary world. Sound intriguing? It certainly is. Her tale is featured on The Other Path, which is created by Ottawa's Odyssey Theatre, and it is the first folklore-inspired audio drama series ever created in Canadian theatre. I want you to join me in welcoming Kelly McCaff to Let's Get Writing. As, as they say in this business, come on down and join me, Kelly, virtually. Hi. Hello, Catherine. <laughs> it's so nice to have you here, and I guess you can tell I'm very excited about this whole idea of the radio drama because um you know why because I've been listening to them and I've been just blown away with uh the stories the actors the sound effects but uh that's your story to tell so let me allow you to introduce yourself tell us a little more about you well, as you said in your lovely introduction, I'm a PhD candidate in the folklore department at Memorial, and I am a professional writer of fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Um, the science fiction and fantasy are the closest things to my heart in terms of writing. I've been a genre writer for years and years and years, and so I was tremendously excited to be invited to write a folklore-inspired modern audio drama. Uh, there was so much about it that was really intriguing to me. Uh, writing for audio is really fascinating work. Um, incorporating folkloristics and folklore themes and motifs, really wonderful because that was my jam. I was, you know, I'm, I'm a folklore student. Um, and, and imagining it for a modern audience, which I think, I, I believe the old stories have power. So imagining an old story for a modern audience, another thing, right, right in the center of my jam. Oh, wow. And I just want to put a shout out to uh, Memorial University because they have a world-renowned folklore department, which attracts people like you and um, to come, you know, to come to our province to study. And I think that Newfoundland and Labrador, that by nature of how we were formed, 
uh, you know, it's such a great place to have a folklore department, wouldn't you say? I would completely agree. I would shout it to the heavens. Um, Memorial's folklore department is world-renowned. Um, the Memorial University of Newfoundland Folklore and Language Archive, also world-renowned, with a regional mandate to collect folklore from the province. And what's really wonderful about what's happening at, at Munfla um, is that the more we attract students from elsewhere in the world, the richer that archive becomes, right? Because people are bringing their own stories from their own homes and contributing them to the archive. So yes, absolutely, I would completely agree. Newfoundland is a fabulous province. I loved my stay there. Munfla is a great archive and the folklore department is top, just top. Mm -hmm. You mentioned genre fiction when you were describing yourself and maybe some people out there don't really understand what genre fiction is. Could you just clarify that um, for, for anyone who's not clear? Absolutely. So genre fiction is science fiction, it's fantasy, it's romance, it's mystery, it's horror, it's themed, right? So the romance genre gives you romance novels of various kinds. The science fiction genre gives you science fiction novels and short stories and so forth, and poetry. There's a, a, a burgeoning community of speculative and uh, genre poets. Um, uh, of course, fantasy will give you fantasy novels and short stories and poetry. You get the idea, which is very different, I would say, from when I talk about genre in folklore, that's a very different animal. Ah, do tell. I will. How is it different? Yeah. <laughs> so when we're talking about genre and folkloristics, we're talking about myth and legend and tall tale and fairy tale and ballad, right? So myths are their own thing. Legends are their own thing. Um, tall tales are their own thing. They all uh, have various characteristics. Um, for instance, um, a myth and a legend are both true for a value of true. We talk about um, we talk about the the uh, how is a myth true? Well, a myth is cosmologically true. It teaches us a lesson. It it's used mm -hmm. in religious teaching. You know, it's true for a, sort of a cosmological and ethical and moral and spiritual value of true. While legend, um, we talk about the friend of a friend transmission where. You know, my sister Sally said that John actually saw the Loch Ness Monster and I trust Sally, so it must be true. So we have that friend of a friend transmission. We have urban mm -hmm. legends, which have um, elements of the spooky in them. Um, fairy tales are uh, morality tales with elements of the fantastic. Fables include animals. Those are all different genres of, of folk narrative just like science fiction and fantasy and romance and horror are all genres of contemporary novel and, and contemporary storytelling, fictional storytelling. Hmm. Well, let's get back to this fairy tale thing that we were talking about because that yours, your article that you wrote, I should say your play that you wrote was based on a Bavarian fairy tale, was it not? I'm very excited about this. Um, and I have to tell you the story behind it. I, I, I'm just so geeked out about this. Um, so we know that the Brothers Grimm sanitized the tales that they collected in Germany. They pieced them together, they refined things, they took out biological mothers and put in wicked stepmothers instead. Um, and so what we get <clears throat> from the Grimm's is not um, an accurate 
if you will, um, representation of what they were collecting orally from oral tradition and oral culture. Along comes a little civil servant named Franz Xaver von Schoenworth. And as he went about in Germany, he collected tales, but he wrote them down just as he heard them. And then when he died, all of his papers were deposited in a municipal archive in Regensburg of all places, and they sat for over a hundred years and nobody knew they were there. So in 2008, 2009, I can't remember exactly which year, someone found them. And of mm -hmm. course this, to the delight of folklorists and fairy tale enthusiasts, absolutely everywhere we have these tales that are raw and rich and queer and dark and sound like they were told. And that's really important. So I really wanted to see if there was something suitable in um, the collection that I have, which is called the Tulip Princess and Other Newly Discovered Fairy Tales for those people in your audience who might wanna pick up the book itself. Um, and I, I found something that I loved uh, called The Belt and the Necklace. And that particular tale is only about a page long. It's very short and there are pieces missing. Um, for, right, because it was told to Schoenworth by a person and he wrote it down faithfully and put it with his papers, right? Um, so um, the belt and the necklace is missing its moral center. Um, fairy tales, we like to think of fairy tales and I'm gonna go on about this because again, right in the middle of my jam, you can go on. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, so fairy tales, we like to think of fairy tales as having happy endings, but they don't. Fairy tales do not have happy endings. I wish to debunk this for all of your guests, all of your, all of your audience members. They have moral endings. And you, you have a positive moral ending when you've followed the instructions offered by the fairy tale. And that's why we often get the eldest brother who passes the beggar on the road and ignores him. And the second brother who passes the beggar on the road and ignores him. And the third son who shares his lunch with the beggar. And then we find out that the beggar is a prince and the prince you know, rewards the, the, the third brother with gold. Now that is a happy ending, but why did it happen? It happened because the youngest brother knew that it was better to be generous than stingy. So that moral center was missing a bit from the belt and the necklace. Um, and I wanted to reinsert it. And so what I did, because I also belong to an organization called the Climate Fiction Writers League, um, and because I've been including um, climate backdrops, climate crisis backdrops, mm -hmm. elements of the climate crisis in my work for a while now, I wanted to include um, a climate element in the belt and the necklace and have that be part of, of the moral center of the tale. And I also wanted to um, update sort of the tragedy at the beginning of the tale because, and I won't give anything away, promise, yeah. um, no spoilers, <laughs> but um, at the beginning of the, the actual fairy tale, The Belt and the Necklace, we find an ugly princess. And she's, she's mocked by everyone in the land because she's so ugly. And I had to think about that. And I thought, okay, if I'm gonna update that, Mm -hmm. Who's ugly in modern society? Who, who is, is the topic of conversation? And I settled on fatness because people of size are often mocked. People of size, their bodies, their diets, the clothes they wear, whether they work out or not, what they're eating, what they're not eating are all still topics 
of, of public conversation and often very negatively. So those were the two moral elements I wanted to include in the tale. I wanted to update the heroine and make her a woman of size. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to update the soul of the story and make it more in line with our climate crisis that we're all working to mitigate now. And you know, I can only think it must have been exciting to take the bare bones of this. And of course, the, the, the assignment to, to create this fairy tale drama and, and, and create this play and put these pieces in. Um, I think you, I, I've heard it. I had a sneak preview. <laughs> and so I think you did it beautifully. And uh, we're going to encourage people to check that out. We'll give them, give them some more information on that shortly. But did you, did that take a long time for you, you know, or did you just bang, say, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do? Well, I would say it took time, you know, um, I, I read through the Tulip Princess and I was actually, I was in Halifax for some reason in a hotel and over the weekend, and I read through the Tulip Princess looking for a likely story. And I hit this story and I knew I wanted to work with it immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and but it took a long time for me to sort of tease out how I was going to do that. And I would add, as a folklorist and someone who loves these stories anyway, um, that a retelling, because because these stories come out of oral culture, because they come out of oral tradition and and in folkloristics, we say that an oral story is not a, a literate story, a story that's written down is not better than an oral story. It's just a different story, right? It's a different way of telling that story. Um, I felt like part of a community of tellers. Mm. Um, and it was really, really special for me to feel like a community, like I was part of a community of tellers and that someone had told this story and it wound up in my hands and I had this responsibility to carry it forward a little, you know? And that was, I have to say, that was that was my favorite part of, of mm. working with this story was feeling like, you know, here here was this tale that ended up in an archive and now it, it ended up in my hands and now you got to listen to it and other people are going to listen to it. And I hope they'll go back and read the original or not the original, but what's written down anyway. So anyway, I hope I answered your question. I know I ran. Yeah, no, you did. And I found it very intriguing as I listened to it to see this fairy tale presented in the modern world. I, I loved it. I mean, I was one of those kids that grew up and each night when I went to bed, uh, one of my parents would sit with me and we'd read and it would be a fable or I, you know, I did have Grimm's fairy tales going <laughs> and you know, things. So it, it just at an early age uh, ignited my imagination about possibility and fantasy and all of these things. So when I was listening to this story, the, the play, um, I was just so caught up in it. It was, it was incredible. The, and, and I want to mention the actors and the sound effects, like the production of these. I mean, years ago, we remember those radio plays. Well, hello, we're back. <laughs> Weren't those actors amazing? Every single yeah. one of them. And I had the privilege of being in both workshops while the actors were reading early drafts of the play. 
And they were wonderful then, but I've heard it too, of course. I've heard the play as well, but the finished production just knocked my socks right off. They're all brilliant, absolutely every single one of them. And the sound effects are amazing. Um, I really felt uh, when I was listening to the play that the sound engineers, and shout out to you sound engineers, you were amazing. Mm. Um, I really felt that the sound engineers were in my head. You know, they brought sound to the play and made the play sound the way I heard it in my mind. So yeah, I'm, I'm right with you there. All praise to the actors, all praise to the sound engineers. Yeah, and what they recommend with, with these new uh, radio dramas is to wear headphones. And mm -hmm. I was listening to a different one because before you came across my desk, I had I, I walk a lot. And so I said, oh, I'm looking for a podcast. I ended up finding one that was in the same uh, area. And I put my headphones in and I was walking up the road and I, I go like this. <laughs> I felt like there were, you know, things happening around me. And this is part of it. You, you, you put headphones on and it just brings you, it immerses you into the actual adventure. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. So I'm so excited. And it must be uh, serendipitous <laughs> that you showed up. <laughs> and I was like, I get to talk about this more. I get to talk about someone who's very much involved. So this came out of Odyssey Theater in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. um, they conceived this whole idea. They're one of the first ones, I think, uh, mm -hmm. that have done this. I don't mm -hmm. think they'll be the last. <laughs> well, and I hope they continue doing the work. Um, I think it's a, a really fine thing. And it, it was a COVID project. I mean, when you think about it, um, I was writing this play. I was commissioned in late 2020. And so I started writing in early 2021. So we were all still locked down. We were all still mm -hmm. close to home. And um, so we had a very distributed cast. We had distributed writing. We had distributed sound engineering. And everybody used modern technology to, uh, to bring this together. And, um, and I loved that. And I loved the idea of the radio play. Like you, I was just captivated by the idea mm -hmm. of the radio play. And really excited that the Odyssey was taking this chance um, to bring a folklore-inspired series to the public. And there's a lot of crossover when you think about it um, between a folklore inspired, uh, a fairy tale inspired play and the science fiction and the fantasy and everything else that I've talked about before. And it was, it warmed my heart to see the Odyssey embracing near, near genre work, you know, near science fiction and fantasy work. I don't know if they'll ever cross over, um, but it's nice to see um, uh, theater of the fantastic. Let's call it that. Mm, like it. The fantastic. Mm -hmm. Love it. And actually the, uh, the other path.ca, I'm just putting that up. That's where you can find these wonderful dramas and, uh, yours is not up yet. No, not yet. No, no. Well, I'm the last one. Mine, uh, mine premieres on November the 30th. And this show is actually, we're going to be seeing, I think your show goes up on the 18th of November. Um, Let's Get Writing goes uh, onto Facebook every Friday at 1 p.m. And it's also carried in Rogers TV. Um, so people can go there. And there, I think there may be one already released up there now, one or two um, that are available. Three. I think there three. are three. Yeah. Um, Emily Polweary's... Um... Daniel Peretti is not yet, uh, Joe Walton, I'm, I'm not. And Daniel Peretti, we should mention, he's also a Newfoundland uh, um, folklorist and writer. Yes. Uh, 
and is he on the faculty at that department? He is a faculty oh, member yeah. of the department. Absolutely. Um, he is um, a, a faculty member. He's Dr. Peretti is, is a faculty member of the department. Um, I have never met the gentleman, interestingly, <laughs> because I finished my coursework and returned home to Nova Scotia around the time that uh, he became a faculty member. And so we, our paths have not yet crossed. Um, so we're connected professionally. I'm a student and he of course is a faculty member, but we have not actually met personally. Well, they almost crossed because I was hoping to have him on with you, um, but his schedule didn't permit. So perhaps, well, I'll have a chance to to have him on in future um, and I talk a little mention, more. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, the only playwright I didn't mention was Marty Chan. I couldn't remember all of us, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned his name so he didn't feel left out. Oh, absolutely. And once you mention a name, you're on that path. That's right. <laughs> you have to cover everyone. But you also were very active um, doing a lot of things. Uh, you, I did have your webpage up. Let me put it up again, or I'll put up this, the folklore and, and folkloreandfiction.com. You have a newsletter and so on. Tell us about some of the resources that people can find if they check you out. Um, I, I love the Folklore and Fiction Project. When I started um, my coursework at Memorial, um, in my early, early PhD coursework, a lot of the scholarly reading that I was doing was really resonating with me as a writer because when I went back to university, I went back, I had already published, I was already a professional writer. And I, I was looking at the, the materials that I was reading and thinking, gosh, wouldn't writers love this, you know? And so I began to conceive of a project that would bring folkloristics like what is a myth and what is a legend and what is a fairy tale? What's a tall tale? You know, what is child lore? What is language and verbal lore? Um, you know, uh, what is an ATU tale type? What is a motif? Uh, I wanted to be able to bring this material educationally to the public in a way that was useful to writing. And so um, in 2018, I, I had every year, I had gone to um, a writer's convention in Calgary called When Words Collide. And I had conversations with people that I respected there, writers that I respected there, and they encouraged me to go forward and start my newsletter and then eventually write a book. And so in January, 2019, I started the Folklore and Fiction newsletter. And I, I wrote newsletters that were educational for two years and published them out. And then in 2021, I began podcasting. Mm -hmm. And so I've been podcasting for two years. This year, I began to podcast my archives. So I'm catching myself up to the present. And everybody will have an opportunity to either listen to the material or read the material or both. And um, the folklore, what I do is the first half of the newsletter is all, you know, educational, academic. Here's the background. Here's the history. Here are the resources. The second half, I bring in science fiction. I bring in fantasy. I bring in writing principles. I bring in um, plotting, characterization, uh, invented languages, writing a magic system. You know, anything mm -hmm. that I think might coordinate with the first half and also be useful to a creative person who's a storyteller or a writer or a musician. And so that's what the folklore and fiction is all about. It's all about supporting and educating writers and supporting their muses so that they feel more confident about using folkloric materials and folkloristics in their own writing. I think the confident is 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 a key thing there too, and and having resources. You know, actually, in in Newfoundland and Labrador here, we have Engine Books, 
and uh, Matt Ledru, who I know Matt. offers mm -hmm. opportunities to so many writers who are writing fantasy and fiction, and they they do some wonderful publications. And I just want to put a shout out to to Matt and Engine Books because if people are interested in this type of thing, that's a great place to go. Yeah, I am absolutely on board with with giving a shout out to Matt. He does hard work. He's one of the hardest working people in in Atlantic Canada for writers, and he's hugely supportive of our community. So yes, let's all shout out to Matt. Yeah, to Matt at Engine Books, where to find information besides your newsletter. And I popped up your webpage again, because I just want to let people know that if you go to the webpage, that will lead you to all these other wonderful things that, that uh, Kelly has. And she's active on social media, of course. I think I have those things. How do we find you? We, find, we can find you on Instagram. In fact, you and I are going to hop on there later today. Um, and C.S. McCath, because you do write as mm -hmm. C.S. And let me guess, that's because your name is hard to spell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Got it in one. Um, I, in my early publishing career, I was publishing as Kelly. And um, I, I had my name misspelled in print. And I thought, well, I'm going to put a stop to that. I'm going to make it as easy as possible for people to, to get my name right. And so I shortened it to C.S. McCaff. And you know, you're like J.D. Robb. And <laughs> there's a lot of people <laughs> who have used uh, T.S. Eliot, like have used initials. And it's almost, uh, it's almost intriguing because you, you just don't know who, who's behind those initials. And it's, it's very, very cool. So uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that you're not originally from Canada, but you are now a Canadian. Yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You're stuck with me now. Um, <laughs> into, well, I, I, I did my undergraduate degree in, uh, at the University of Toronto in the Celtic Studies Department. And shout out to the Celtic Studies Department because they were when I was there and they remain a, a brilliant, wonderful, amazing department. Um, and I received an excellent education, fell in love with Canada. Um, my husband and I went back to the States for a while. I became interested, of course, in, in the Gaelic community here in Nova Scotia. And um, I did my master's degree in the States. And my husband said, well, why don't we, you know, why don't I see if I can get a job in Canada somewhere? And we'll go up and see if I can get a job on the East Coast. And he did. He was hired. And uh, back in the day, uh, we, we were able to come up on what was called an expedited technology workers visa. So um, if you got a job in tech, you had a visa in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And we moved up here and we came to Nova Scotia. And if anybody has ever been to Nova Scotia, it's so easy to fall in love with this province. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so we fell in love with the province and we stayed and we, we became permanent residents and we took our oath of citizenship in 2016. Well, there you go. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're glad to have you. And um, the east coast of this country is so rich with these types of cultures, as you say, in Nova Scotia, you have a lot of the Gaelic and, and, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's good to see that these things are being integrated. Now there are road signs and, and that people are adapting the languages and uh, making it, bringing our culture forward because for so many years, you know, we missed doing that. And, and it's happening here in Newfoundland. We're, we're proud of where we are and, and what we represent and where we came from. And um, it's really good to see because these tales that are part of, um, of what you're writing um, take us back to the old world. And we're very close to that here, energetically and spiritually. We're very close to it. Well, and, and I think too linguistically because um, the Gaelic that's spoken here 
in Nova Scotia is very like the Gaelic that was spoken a few hundred years ago in Scotland. So this is, has been and remains a wonderful place to come and learn the language and learn the songs. Um, I've done a bit of singing in Gaelic. I've had the opportunity to um, sing at, at local milling frolics and um, it's been a really rich and, and, and rewarding experience for me. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. It, it's been just a pleasure to talk to you. And, for, and folks, thank you for joining us at Let's Get Writing. I hope we've inspired you to research fairy tales, maybe dust off an old book, and, and, and certainly check out the, is it the otherpath.ca and uh, listen to some of these wonderful dramas. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank, thank you, Kelly. It. Have a great day, everyone. Bye now. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.